You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get hyped. Welcome into, potentially, the final edition of the Husker 24-7 Hypecast for the 2023 season. Uh, if you're listening, it seems like you would know by now, Nebraska needs to win on Friday against Iowa to assure another game this year. As it has been in uh, recent history, this Nebraska-Iowa game uh, comes down to, to the Huskers needing a victory to assure a bowl game and Iowa already waltzing into the Big Ten uh, title game. And so they don't really have anything to play for but pride, and maybe that's enough. Maybe that's all Iowa has to has to care about here. And so we will get you ready for this one, Nebraska-Iowa. I, of course, am Mike Shaver, joined by Michael Brunch, Brian Christopherson. We're Husker 24-7. And this week on the Husker 24-7 Hypecast, our special guest, and I think it's been this way the last couple years, Jack Mitchell joins us. He's he's given himself a reprieve from Leaf Duty, and he is joining the podcast today to talk about his least favorite team in all of uh, the Big Ten. Is that right, Jack? And last year, I believe I ushered in a win, if I if I remember correctly, that I did this last year. So, you know, at least uh, at least things are looking good so far in terms of guests for the hype cast. Yeah, you know, I, I'm sure you had the prediction that Cooper DeGene would get hurt and Trey Palmer would have two long touchdowns and Garrett Nelson had a strip sack. It was incredible. You were on fire with your oddly specific. I'm glad that we could finally get it. Took a year, but we got to my oddly specific predictions finally. And you, those were my three, and you uh, remembered. So I appreciate that. <laughs> three for three. Yeah, terrific work. Uh, nobody, nobody quite matched that last year or this year. So you got your work cut out for you when we get to that. Thank you. Later. All right. Well, let's just dive into this. I think everyone's pretty fired up for this contest here. You know, I see a lot of enthusiasm here on the screen. <laughs> And so it looks like we're ready to, to dive into it. We will start on offense, and we will start with Jack Mitchell. How about that Chubba Purdy? What uh, what were your thoughts on what you saw with Chubba Purdy against Wisconsin? And what do you think it could look like as he has now been named the starter for the Iowa game as well? First off, I had no idea he was that fast, especially with an injured groin. Uh, first touchdown had echoes of Taylor Martinez against the Kansas state pulling away from defenders. Now I don't know. I'm not saying he's as fast as Taylor Martinez. It just looked like he kept getting faster and everyone else kept getting slower. And I got to be honest, I did not, I did not expect that from all we had heard about, you know, his, his injured groin and what we saw last year on that number two, I thought obviously his passing numbers were better than um, we've seen for the most part from anyone this year and the passing game was not perfect, but it looked, 
it looked more like a, you know, a, a bona fide passing college offense than we've seen in the past. He looked more comfortable. The play concepts looked smoother, looked like they were run more as intended. And so, I mean, all in all, I'd be hard pressed to say anything other than I was about as impressed with him as I could have been. Um, but, you know, I came in, I came in with expectations that are expectations about a Nebraska quarterback this year. What does that mean for this week? I, I think it makes the game a little bit more interesting than it was prior. I think Nebraska is going to have to take some gambles on offense to be in this game because I think uh, Iowa's got the upper hand on on special teams. Um, and, 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 and they can also score on defense as well. So I think Nebraska is going to have to take some gambles. They're going to have to be like they were last year to win this game, a significantly better offensive team than Iowa is. But I think this cracks the door open for that. Question is, right, how how much can you do that against a defense as stout as Iowa's, and can you avoid backbreaking turnovers? Not avoid turnovers, but avoid backbreaking turnovers in this game. Brunts, Jack mentioned needing to take uh, some risks. Last year we saw Nebraska was able to go over the top with Trey Palmer's speed. Uh, it was a big issue for Iowa. You don't have a Trey Palmer in 2023, and – you know, there's, it's fair to question how deep you can really go with, with Chubba's arm, but how do you see Nebraska attempting to attack this Iowa defense here on Friday? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that the recipe changes a ton. I mean, you, you're you going to have to hit on a couple big plays. Um, you know, they, they don't have Trey Palmer, obviously, but they, they've got guys that are 4-3 speed guys. I mean, they, they've got track guys that, that can run by um, defenders, and you know, maybe you're able to hit on a couple of those. Uh, you know, Iowa doesn't give up big plays. That that's you know their mo, and you know I, I think you're going to have to have those. You know, a Jalen Lloyd big catch or a Malachi Coleman big catch um, because I, I just don't know that this is the kind of game where you can really expect to just drive the ball um, on a ten or twelve play drive. I mean, I, I think you've got to have a couple big plays. Like Jack said, you avoid the the backbreaking turnovers as much as you can. And, you know, I think, I think that's a recipe you can win with. I mean, it sounds like Anthony Grant's going to be a little bit limited, so it's going to be a heavy Emmett Johnson game. And I think he's shown um, in, in kind of like Ramir Johnson did last year that he can grind away yards if, if he has to. But I think the key is you have to be able to hit on a couple big pass plays. Otherwise it, it's just going to play more into Iowa's hands in this one. Brian, the the offensive line maybe took a little bit of a step back after a strong performance against Maryland. Um, what what do you think the challenge is against this Iowa defense for them on Saturday to to try to either be able to open up these holes or just keep Chubba Purdy clean? Uh, I think the biggest thing is to uh, keep keep Purdy clean and avoid that just disastrous play where um, someone comes from the blind side, there's a sack fumble and I was got the ball on the seven yard line, sort of a Hawkeye special. So um, I think they've just got to be really stout in that part. And then they've got to be patient. I mean, it's just one of those games. And I, I think they understand it from, you know, this rivalry where you just got to kind of, you got to sometimes pound your head against the wall a little bit and assume that at some point you're, it's going to break through. And, um, and, and realize, you know, you, you've got to convert some third downs too. You've got, you've got to be that clutch offense when it's third down and four or five, where you get three or four of those throughout this game, um, where it, 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 
tilts the field your way, maybe keeps a 10, 11 play drive going. That is that one scoring March you need. That's going to be the key is just staying patient. If they have a couple bad series early, um, I, I don't think you get too exotic with your game plan. It's one of those games where both teams know what each other is going to do. And it's just a matter of uh, who makes the least amount of mistakes in some ways to me. And it's why I think some people are concerned about it, but I think that's what it's going to come down to. Jack, I, I know that you've been a pretty big fan of Emmett Johnson really since his emergence uh, and, and particularly so here in the month of November, wanting to see a little bit more from him. What have you seen when you've been watching Emmett Johnson and what do you, do you, do you, would you feel comfortable going into 2024 with Emmett Johnson as your number one running back? Yeah, I, 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 um, I, I mean, I'd like to have some depth in addition to him, but I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to see, you know, um, whether it's whether it's Irvin coming back, whether it's Ramir coming back and supplementing him, I would like to see obviously more than he is. But from what I've seen, he's got um, he's got what it takes to have the starting running back type stuff. I think he's still around five yards of carry. He's been getting big carries in the clutch um, in both of the last two games. Had significant runs, huge in those games as well, and so. Yeah, it might go against conventional thinking, and you're thinking, yeah, you got you got to have a bigger star, you got to have a bigger name, be the top running back. But there's nothing I've seen this year um, that takes away the idea that he might be able to do exactly that and be the star next year. So, um, or at least the guy who ends up with the majority of the carries next year. But no, I've been I've been happy with his elusiveness. He's kind of I know he's not a huge back, but he's 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 been elusive enough. He's broken some tackles. He's pulled off several long runs and kept that average up there at about almost five yards of carry. Brunch, do you think that Nebraska can get some things done in the quarterback run game against Iowa? Uh, you know, it's not the same with Chuba as it would be with Harburg. I thought the option uh, looked kind of rough, but we did see with Chuba when, when pressured uh, or, you know, when he improvises, he could be pretty dangerous as a scrambler. Do you see that being as effective on Friday as it was against Wisconsin another pretty good defense but not at Iowa's level yeah um yeah he kind of had the crazy leg thing going like even on that first run it was almost kind of like Wisconsin like stopped because it was like they they weren't expecting him to to hit the hole that way I don't it was it was kind of weird and then the the one the kind of tiptoeing one along the sidelines too it was it was kind of like they weren't they weren't respecting his ability to run. Like it was kind of bizarre. Um, you know, this is going to be a tougher game that way. I don't think you probably want to do a ton of design run stuff with him, but I don't know. I mean, if, if it's a situation where you're like, okay, we're going to get him out of the pocket, roll him out a little bit. And if nothing's there for the throw, if you want to get five yards with your feet, go ahead and do it. I mean, I, I think that's a little bit more of maybe what I'm expecting from this versus, you know, a ton of RPO stuff, you know, him, uh, you know, pulling the ball and, and plunging into the line. I just, I don't know that that's necessarily his game, but I think if you can get him on the move a little bit and at least make Iowa kind of have to factor that plus covering guys downfield, I think you can maybe have some success there. So I think there's a place for it. I don't think it's necessarily the same as when, you know, Harburg or Jeff Sims is in there, but I think they can get some stuff done there with, with kind of the improvisation. PC, what is your confidence level and what do you think the team's confidence level is when Tristan Alvano right now 
missed that field goal before half, but he did make the one that allowed you to go into overtime last mm-hmm. week. Uh, it just feels like they have not opted to use him when long field goals have been an op- an option uh, in the Maryland game and in the Wisconsin game early in the second quarter. Where's your confidence in Tristan Alvano in this final game coming up? Um, I mean, it's a little unsteady. Um, I mean, he had, but let's be fair. He had been good until that, that missed. Um, he had hit in four straight games and was sort of on, uh, it felt like it kind of cracked the code and he had that, it was a 54 yarder against right. Purdue or something like that. I do think when they elected not to use him, early it wasn't about Avano as much as it was they really felt they they had Wisconsin on their heels and it was a fourth and one it was a down and distance call more than a, a, I think choosing not to trust your kicker there um so that I, I would say that was what that was it was disappointing the way the one ball came off his foot but the thing I do like about Tristan Brunts has interviewed him more than anybody for us on those side interviews um and he's, he's one the of Brian Winhorst of the the Tristan Alvano yeah, type thing here. Yeah, he, he can give you. Yeah. You need any info on Alvano? Bruns can give it to you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would say um, he's one of those guys, and I think Bruns would uh, concur with this that he just sort of has that mentality. Like, give me the next kick. He like he he just goes back to his craft, and he's like, bring it on. I'll take on that challenge. So um i i think um he's at least got the mentality that he could bounce back from last week if need be all right let's jump over to defense and this is the area where nebraska is certainly uh stronger than they have been in recent seasons and they have a an iowa team that much like their own offense struggles to move the ball struggles to score points occasionally turns it over uh what jack i mean you sort of look at this what do you think Tony White is going to do um, to to try to combat Iowa's sort of offensive effort? Do you think you dial up more blitzes, or do you think we see a game plan similar to Michigan State? Where where would you uh, what would you do, and what do you think you'll see on on Friday? There have been game plans where Nebraska was obviously multiple times where Nebraska was obviously reeling really at a lot of costs, trying to prevent getting burned over the top for a deep pass. You can even go back to that Minnesota game at the beginning of the year and safeties would be getting back. There was a lot of concentration on that, which left some spots open in the middle of the field as well. There have been concerns about that during the season. Um, And sometimes I think rightfully so. And I think it looked like that against Louisiana tech. It looked like that against some of the other teams as well i look at the numbers for this iowa offense which obviously has well been been well documented they've had their struggles one thing in particular that they have not done this year is cash in long passes whatsoever um you go through their receivers their leading receivers and the longest pass of the year is a list of 22 yards 31 yards 32 yards 19 yards you're not going to get, I mean, if the stats hold, especially with Nebraska defensive backfield, and you would think, uh, you know, strong matchups and pass rush, you're just not going to have to dedicate as much attention to that as you might against some other opponents. And I know as soon as I say that, I was going to hit a 60-yard pass on the first play of the game. But I, I, I think there's there's an, it's enough of a different situation where that isn't the threat that it was from some other teams that they're going to be able to be more um, more aggressive at the line of scrimmage, um, be be have the whole have the whole thing up a little bit because where Nebraska or where I was going to beat you in the passing game is with 
Um, short, quick hitting, efficient passes over and over again uh, that you just have guys running open with and play action on the bootleg and those sorts of things. So I think they're going to be good. Goal is going to get to a quarterback who's not very mobile. I think you're going to see a lot more of an aggressive scheme than you have in a few of those games that I mentioned. And I think they're going to say, hey, look, if he's going to beat us in the past game, he's going to have to do it quickly and before our pressure gets there. And we don't, we're going to dare him to, to try and throw deep and, and, uh, you know, until, until they get inside the 40 yard line, it's not going to be a threat that they're going to have that kind of a long pass. So we need to pressure him as much as we can. PC, there's just certain players that I kind of just affiliate with you for whatever mm-hmm. reason, maybe it's because you've written a story on them or, or what have you, but uh, Marquise Buford is one of those guys. And so I, I want to ask you what you thought of his performance against Wisconsin and the kind of lift that he's sort of given Nebraska's secondary here in the month of November since being able to step in. And they've they've obviously lost to Sean Singleton and, and everything else. But what? how do you feel like Marquise Buford has played so far in his three games? I think uh, pretty, pretty good. I mean, I think you'd at least give him a B. And then if you uh, graded on a curve and – um, said, okay, this was a guy who was out 11 months rehabbing and he's in the third game back last week and he gets 10 tackles, one and a half. It's uh, it's like an A plus. I mean, so he's a B plus, maybe normally A plus when you factor in the circumstances that that's the level he's been at. And I was thinking about this the other day, even before the Ty Robinson news, you know, you're going to have Gifford, you're going to have Singleton, you're going to have Buford back there in that safety mix and then hopefully some depth behind them, but that's a nice starting point. And then, and then you hear the tie news and Nash is coming back. And that's why I, I, I do think there's a jolt right now in that building with some of that stuff that probably occurred in the last couple days um, with Ty's announcement. And um, you know, you come back from a tough loss, but you, you see some of those players and you're like, this is just a start for this group. They're going to have another year at it. And it's an opportunity on Friday for them to all play together and, you know, get a huge win for this season, but also set something up pretty big going forward as a group who is going to work together a lot still. So uh, Buford's been huge. He's an NFL player, as Tony White uh, will tell you um, down the road. And twice in his career, he's done this as a freshman. He had an injury the first play of spring. And um, we thought, well, he we won't hear from him. He'll redshirt. He's out there and he plays like every game on special teams. And now he's come back again. And he's doing this. So he's he's got a real gift for for not letting those things get him down. Brunts, I asked Jack about, you know, kind of the blitzing and, and bringing the pressure. Do you think Nebraska can get enough done up front that they don't have to commit to bringing plus pressure a lot? on friday just based on what you know about iowa their offensive line and the fact they don't have a very mobile quarterback uh do you think that those guys up front can win enough that you don't necessarily have to bring as many people yeah i I think this is a group that can at least play even and you know just kind of based on what tony white said the last couple weeks and, and he said this the other day after the wisconsin loss was that he needed to give his guys more opportunities to make plays, which to me suggests they're not going to just do the dancing bear stuff up front. Like they're going to, they're going to bring pressure, try to force the issue. And, you know, I, I think that's when Nebraska has been at their best. Uh, you know, my concern in this game is whether or not Nebraska can avoid busts because that, 
even you know when Nebraska hasn't been very good in this series, it's always seemed like Iowa's been able to piece together enough offense just based on a guy being out of a gap and all of a sudden they're running backs, you know, running free, something like that. So um I, I you know, I think this defensive line is is up to the challenge. I think that I think though that Nebraska is gonna be pretty aggressive because I think they they feel like they can force the issue a little bit. Um so yeah, I mean I, I think it's fine, but I, I still think they're going to bring pressure because I, I don't I don't know that there's anybody on Iowa's roster at the skill positions, being tight ends or wide receivers that really scares you. So I think it's a, a little bit of an invitation to, to to bring pressure, I guess, even if they are winning up front. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick time out. We will come back. We'll get into the oddly specific predictions. We will make picks to click and we will have score predictions. Will anyone anyone? Besides Vegas, where Nebraska is a favorite right now, take the Huskers to beat Iowa. Find out when we return. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Oddly specific prediction time. Jack Mitchell, you know the game. You listen to the show. You'll probably go listen to the show while, you know, having to rake leaves this afternoon, even though you're experiencing it right now. What uh, What is your oddly specific prediction for the Iowa game? So, uh, number number one, I will be, I will actually be listening to a different 24-7 product. I'll be listening to the basketball podcast uh, while I rake leaves one. today. But uh, I will be listening. I, I will keep it, keep it in the family, at least. Uh, okay, so here's my oddly specific prediction. There will be no touchdown scored in the game until under five minutes left in the fourth quarter. It will be six to three Iowa and Nebraska will score a touchdown. And this is gonna this is gonna kind of uh shed some light on what my prediction is. It'll be six to three, and Nebraska scores with under five minutes only for Iowa to get it with by the way, great clock management. Uh, and a touchdown with about, let's say, about four minutes and 11 seconds left on the clock. 4-11. Uh, and Iowa will get the ball back, having not scored a touchdown. The crowd will be loud. The crowd will be crazy. Uh, Iowa will methodically drive down with about a minute and eight seconds left, get to their about midfield, we'll say the 49-yard line of Nebraska, and will then run a halfback pass that goes for a touchdown and rip my heart out of my chest while it's still beating once again. All right. We're in a good place, it seems, mentally. Uh, I am. Basically. I'm great. Good. Just acceptance is what I would call it. Acceptance. Okay. Uh, <laughs> would you like to, at the very least, since you've gone very specific, 
all the way down to, you know, a potential medical event for yourself. Yes. Um, would you like to name who is going to score the touchdown for Nebraska? Uh, Nebraska's touchdown uh, will be Malachi Coleman. It will be a pass from Chubba Purdy to Malachi Coleman that will set me and the entire Nebraska crowd ablaze with visions of Detroit and New York City in their heads. Excellent. All right, BC, what do you got? All I heard from Jack's prediction was it was making me wonder that if they left Chubba too much time when Iowa scores on the halfback pass. That's what mm. I would think. They left Chubba too much clock still. Um, let's see. I think Luke Reimer, as a senior, um, is going to do it for his buddy Nick, who uh, unfortunately is not going to be able to play in this game. He's going to rip out a fumble. That is going to lead to some Husker points. It's going to be on the Iowa end of the field. It's going to be one of those just – uh, I always call him Dijon Gomes plays, you know, Omar Brown had one a um, couple weeks back and I love those kind of plays. Reimer is going to have something like that. It's a punch out or he just takes it away with the guys kind of falling over. So um, that, that, that's uh, one prediction. I also think there's going to be the uh, usual overreaction to how much black and gold is in the stadium before the game, not understanding this is just the way this works. Now both teams kind of bring a lot of fans to each stadium. So there's going to be a lot of talk like really like, Oh, there's so many Iowa fans here as though we don't live like an hour away from each other. So um, I think that'll be, that'll be part of it too. Well, as long as there's more, you know, Iowa fans and empty seats, I guess. Uh, well, you know, there there might be a lot of just open. I, I have Friday. to say, I was really hoping we, for obvious reasons, that this game was going to like decide the West. But in my head, I was looking at the weather forecast and thinking, if it's not, man, it's going to be interesting how many people want to sit out there when it's twenty eight degrees. But we'll see. Michael Brunt's last oddly specific prediction of the year, potentially. What do you got? So I'm struggling here. What would you? Obviously, this game is a. Uh, not a matchup of offensive Titans here. Um, what, how high would I have to get the number of combined punts in this game to shock you? <laughs> like if 20? I say combined, if I say combined 13 punts, is that a lot to you? No, no, that doesn't do anything for me. No, I just I you have to get, the closer you get to 20, the more I'm going to be like, oh, wow, this is something. So if I say 17 combined punts between these two teams, that 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 gets you that, that gets That's you out of the, there. the coma a little bit. That's getting there. I'm, I'm in the range. So I, I will set my number at 17 combined punts in this game. <laughs> it's going to be the type of game that Reggie Roby, Ray Guy, and – George Blanda. Did, did George Blanda punt too? Was he a punter? I, I don't know. I um, but they, they would appreciate this game. So it's going to be – that's the kind of game that Iowa wants to play. I think Nebraska is going to be happy to oblige. Um, it, it's going to be a lot of Taylor and Bushini out there. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's, that, that, that's one. The other thing I'm predicting – and as I look out across Memorial Stadium here, um, they've already got the CBS things up. And that means that the CBS pregame music is going to be on ahead of this game for those of you sitting at home. I'm, I'm predicting uh, so, 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 some goosebumps when, when you hear that music. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> the, the change is coming. 
it's uh, Nebraska football is back on CBS, the network of stars. And uh, I think that that's going to be uh, that's going to be, you know, good for the people at home. They get you juiced up for this one for those 17 punts. You know what happened the last CBS game on Black Friday, don't you? Uh, yeah. Poor Dabo couldn't Dabo couldn't get it done. Well, I'm talking Black Friday, CBS. Ooh, an oh. Oklahoma game. It was 45 Colorado. to 45, 10 Oklahoma. If I have. I'm calling this off the top of my head, but I believe if you think about how it went the next year, it was on ABC. So that was the, when Mickey Joseph got slammed into the bench and all that stuff. And the last time was, was uh Gator bowl though, right? Clemson, yeah. On, I believe on CBS. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a TP special um, okay. using a six, four frame to get open in some key spots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A couple things here. Thanks. Uh, thanks Todd for listening. Uh, we, we always enjoy shouting out your Gator Bowl exploits. Uh, thanks, CBS, for the paychecks. We appreciate that as well. And then, uh, you know, we'll finish with this. My oddly specific prediction, very similar to Brunt's. Brunt's is going with the punting numbers. I am going to give you the amount of times Nebraska starts inside of its own eight-yard line. And that'll be five times in this game. Five different times the Huskers will start inside their own eight-yard line on black friday now perhaps one of those occurs when they get a stop defensively because iowa inexplicably chooses not to kick a field goal perhaps that could even be an interception or a fumble recovery that starts a nebraska drive inside the eight but what i really think it's going to be is five perfectly placed punts because nebraska isn't able to flip the field and iowa just sits on top of them over and over and over throughout friday so Get used to seeing Nebraska in the shadow of its own end zone. It's coming on Friday. All right. Picks to click after just, you know, some really exciting stuff there and our oddly specific predictions, myself included. Brunts, we're going to go reverse. Who you got? <laughs> uh, I, I think you get you get the good version of Brian Buscini in this one. Um, I, I'm, you promise? This, I don't. Um, this is just a hunch. <laughs> this is just a hunch. Um, but I, I think this this is a it's going to be a field position game. Nebraska, if you look at what they've done the last three games, an average starting field position in these uh, in this losing streak it has not been pretty. I think they they rebound a little bit there um, in, in in some just miserable kicking conditions. So uh, I'll go with Bushini as my pick to pick the click. BC, um, I'll take Emmett Johnson. I believe he needs a net of 94 yards to be the leading rusher this season and surpass Heinrich Harburg. Um, I don't think he's going to reach that, but I do think he's going to get about 85 on 18 carries that you feel pretty good about um, where that uh, to get to 85, that's going to have to include one or two where he breaks out. And I think he will um, for, you know, that 25 type yard run. So I think Emmett Johnson is going to have a nice day. I will, uh, I'll jump in line here. I'm going to go Ty Robinson. I think the crowd will react very favorably to Ty when announced on Friday. I think he'll step up. He's been playing really good football lately. I, I mean, he had several plays in that Wisconsin game that were terrific. And I think that continues. Uh, so let's go ahead and mark him down for two TFLs and uh, a couple hurries on Friday as well. Ty Robinson, my pick to click. Jack. Uh, first of all, the way you described Nebraska having multiple uh, drives start inside their 10 or 8 or whatever just gave me this picture of 
Nebraska getting the ball at the eight, punting to the 41. Iowa getting to the 38, punting to the four. Yep. Nebraska getting to the 11, punting you to the You got my game flow down. Just yep. playing on what? Make sure you bought tickets on the right side of the field. Uh, at least, I guess in the second half, the next half, you'll get that side of the field. So you'll be good either way. But my picked click goes back to my strategy on offense. I think if Nebraska has success in this game, I think it's by taking some gambles in the passing game. I think it's by getting some big passing plays and the receiver that I think uh, is most likely going to be hauling them in. I mentioned it earlier, I think is Malachi Coleman. I think he was close multiple times during Wisconsin. I think they were looking for him. I think he's on the verge of having some big plays here if they can get the ball in his hands. Um, and so if if all of that comes true, I think he's the most likely to benefit from it. So I'll go Malachi Coleman, click to pick to click. All right, game prediction time. I will just cut in front of everyone and get it out of the way. I have, I think, picked Nebraska to win the last few weeks. And this, I've learned my lesson, not even picking Nebraska to score a touchdown. Iowa 22, Nebraska 3. Black Friday sadness continues. Brunt. Uh, I think Nebraska somehow, against all odds, finds a way to get it done, and Jack Mitchell does not have a heart ripped out of his chest in this game. Might save that for a couple weeks down the road with Nebraska basketball. But I think that you might avoid – you might get a stay of um, the, the heart issue here. I think Nebraska somehow gets it done. I'm seeing a 15 15- – to 12 Nebraska win here. So that that uh, Nebraska plays the field position game. They get a late score. Everybody leaves happy. We spend the next week deciding whether it's Detroit or Vegas, and uh, everybody's feeling good. So 15-12 Nebraska. He won't even say New York because he doesn't want to even potentially put that out in the uh, into the ether. It's amazing. Yep. His disdain for that bowl game. Nebraska can't make a bowl game all of these years, and he still just has utter disdain for the pinstripe bowl. It's incredible, folks. It's just the consistency that Brunch shows night in and night out, just like your Iowa Hawkeyes. I mean, it's not pretty, but it's always there. I'm the Iowa Hawkeyes of bowl projections. <laughs> BC, your prediction. All right. Um <clears throat> I picked against Nebraska the last couple of weeks. I actually think they're going to win. Um, I'll say 17 to 13. Uh, Chubba gave me a confidence boost in that QB spot. Um, I think he'll play within himself, um, not try to be captain, you know, hero at certain spots and just play a solid game. And uh, I think Nebraska's defense is going to, um, turnover Iowa as much as Iowa turns over Nebraska. I think there'll be multiple turnovers on each side. And I, I, I just like the Huskers. There will be one stretch, play. you know, how Iowa always runs those stretch plays, which gets you, they get hit for like three yard losses all game. But then every year they get Nebraska eventually on one where it looks like three guys are in spot and he pops through and he ends up going for 50 yards. And sometimes they've happened at the worst moments. Iowa will get one of those, but Nebraska wins 17, 13. Jack Mitchell, your heart is safely inside your chest right now. But what now, are you uh, what are you seeing for for Friday? I would be irresponsible if I delved into the numbers or or tried to analyze the defense versus offense matchup or anything that made sense because we've been told time and time and time and time again how this goes when there's a lot on the line and you don't know how or why it's going to happen. 
we just know that there's going to be pain and I perhaps will be wrong and we'll all be sell at least I and the other fans will be celebrating, but I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie many, many times and Nebraska, as I said, it'll look good at one point late. I'll start to be thinking about what kind of champagne I'm going to buy on the way home. And just as I'm thinking that halfback pass for Iowa to get up by three, 13 to 10 Hawkeyes, maybe the bowl game next year. Let the sadness reign. You're going to want Andre, Andre on the way home. That's what you want. Okay. It won't matter, but all right. I'll, I'll check. I'll get a reminder from you in in that (laughs) moment. If I need it, that's the high end stuff. It's like six bucks. You're good. It's the the Iowa football of champagne. It's the job done, I guess. All right. Well, look at that. Two uh, two predictions, I believe. Brunson, BC going with Nebraska. Jack and I going with with Iowa. So we'll see uh, how it plays out on Friday. Nebraska, 11 a.m. against Iowa. Be sure to stop by Husker 24-7 this week. You don't want to spend that much time talking to your friends and family during Thanksgiving. Give yourself a little bit of a break. Get over to Husker 24-7. We'll have plenty of coverage. We'll have recruiting stuff. There's recruits coming into town for this game as well. We'll have basketball. That Nebraska plays Duquesne on Wednesday night. They play again on Saturday. Uh, we will have coverage from everything, really, leading up to the game, through the game, after the game. Everything you could want, you can find at Husker247.com. For Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson, our special guest, Jack Mitchell, I'm Mike Shaver. Thanks for listening to Husker 24-7 Podcast. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.